welcome to the Christ Community Church Brawley podcast, where you guys get to have your questions answered, hear different praise reports of what God is doing in the church, and so much more. And so, Caleb, we are in a new location today. Yes, we are recording live at the Gateway Church here in Brawley. Yeah, and so shout out to Gateway Church. We acknowledge that we are all the body of Christ, and we have the beautiful opportunity to work together. And what a blessing that we're in the same community. We get to preach the gospel together, advance the kingdom together, and I think that that's a great thing. Yes, I do too. Thank you, Gateway, for allowing us to work with you. Absolutely. So let's dive into our questions of the month. Caleb, what do we got going on? Yes. So just a reminder, you guys can submit your questions to us via social media. So please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And if you follow us there, you can submit your questions by direct messaging us. Or if you are watching this on YouTube, you can just comment down below your questions and we'll do our best to get to them next month. So the first question that we have is a little bit of a fun question. And this was submitted by Liana Felix. And she said, would you rather live during the Old Testament or New Testament era and why? So personally, obviously, I think most Christians would say, number one, the days of Jesus, literally walk with him. So in second to that, I would probably choose Genesis 1 through 2. I would love to see creation being created by the creator. What was that like to be a fly on the wall, so to speak? Although at the time there were no flies and there were no walls, but I would love to have seen creation being made. Yes, that's awesome. I, I didn't even think of that, Genesis 1 and 2. So for me, I, I said um, New Testament era, and specifically because when I was looking at Ephesians chapter 2, Paul reminds us that before, w- when we were Gentiles in the flesh, right, which you and I are Gentiles, we're non-Jews, and so if we would have been alive during the Old Covenant time, Paul reminds us that we were alienated from Christ. We were without hope and without God in the world, that we were strangers to the covenants of Israel. Yeah. And so if we would have been Gentiles during the time of the old covenant, you and I would have had it really rough. And even if we wanted to know Yahweh, we couldn't. Like the temple, we would have had to be as far on the outside of the temple as you could get, and we wouldn't be allowed in. And so, but then Paul reminds us in Ephesians 3 verse 4, he says, but now... Right, But now under the new covenant, you who were once far off mm-hmm. have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And so that's why I'm grateful to be in the new era, or the New Testament era. And um, I wouldn't want to be in the Old Testament era because of that. Because now in Christ, I can come to God. I can approach Yahweh and I can worship him. How incredible would it have been to be there during Christ on the cross, and then he cries out, it is finished, tetalistai, right, in the Greek, and then the veil tears from top to bottom, and you're telling me that God's Spirit is now available to all people, not just one guy, the high priest, once a year, and if he did everything right on the Day of Atonement, but guys like you and me and everyone all over the world can now have this personal one-on-one relationship with God, like, that would be mind-blowing to the first century Jews, and it was. Yeah, and so for us, as as 21st century Americans, we can become jaded to the reality of that whole thing. But when you understand what that meant for a Jewish person, man, it's mind-blowing. It's If you would have told that to a first century Jew, they would have told you you're crazy. Yeah, which no they way. did to yeah. a number of Christians, and that's why they ran them out of town when you read that in the book of Acts. And so we've got a little more serious question, and this comes from Annalisa Gastelum. And she asks, I think, something super important, really practical. How do you teach unchurched kids and family when you yourself are a new believer? And so what do you think, Caleb? Yeah, that's a very important question. And the way I would answer that is whether you are a new believer or an old believer, it's the answer is always the same. You point them to Scripture. 
And that's what's so amazing is that as a new believer, you don't have to have all this wisdom and all this knowledge. You just need the scriptures. And if you have the scriptures, because even if you're a seasoned saint, you should still be pointing people back to scripture. There's never a time in which you graduate from the scriptures where now you can move on to using something else. Even for the oldest pastor you know, he should still be pointing you back to scripture. So if you're a new believer, don't feel overwhelmed like that you need to have all this knowledge and you need to have all this wisdom because really what we call that is worldly wisdom. If, if people are coming to you needing help and you're giving them your own thoughts, your own two cents, you're really not leading them in the right direction. We need to always be pointing people back to scripture. What does God say? Because God's word is the standard, whether you're a new believer or an old believer, his word will always be the standard. Absolutely. In fact, of course, Jesus is our best example, and when Satan himself went and was trying to tempt Jesus right early on in his ministry, what did Jesus do? It is written, it is written, it is written, always pointing back to the scriptures. And so uh, for me, first of all, I want you to be encouraged with this. If you are a new believer or you feel like, gosh, I don't know if I'm equipped or I know enough, like you brought up, if I know enough how to lead someone to Christ or disciple them, just be encouraged with this. God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Now, that's not a Bible verse, but there's a lot of scripture that could definitely back that up, that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. God has called you as a Christian out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has called you out of the hands of Satan into the hand of God. He's called you out from the, the trail, the, the wide gate that leads to destruction into the narrow way that leads to life. And, and through the gate, which is Jesus, right? Jesus said, I'm the door, I'm the only way to salvation. And so God has called you. You are equipped by his spirit, which lives inside of you. First Corinthians 6, you're equipped with his word, which I love what you brought up, Caleb, that it always goes back to scripture. And you're equipped with Christian community. And there's, especially today with the revolution of the internet, there's so many good resources. Now, disclaimer, asterisk, you do need to sift through what is a good resource and what is a bad resource. But I want to share maybe something a little bit more tactical, and it's out of one verse. I normally always point new believers to this one verse, and personally, I have found that a lot of my own Christian counseling uh, is because believers are not doing one of the four of these things, and it's out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. These are possibly known as the tires, right, the spiritual tires on the vehicle of your life, and it says that the early church did four specific things that all of us, right, you went uh, talked about a uh, new believer or a seasoned saint, right? All of us are supposed to do this to be strong. And so, number one, they stayed in the Apostles' Doctrine, Acts 2.42, for us, be in God's Word. I love one of my favorite, uh, pa not passages, sorry, quotations from Charles Spurgeon is to visit many good books, but to live in the Bible. So always come back to Scripture. Number two, they were in prayer. Number three, they were in fellowship. And number four, the breaking of bread, which has this connotation of, yes, they were going from house to house, enjoying meals together, but I really believe that a deeper application is accountability, and there's some cultural things that we could break down with regard to that, but they were in the Word, they were in fellowship, and they were in prayer. If you can get new believers to really practice those things, to not just know about this, because as we know, discipleship is not just about knowledge, it's about doing the things, right? In fact, James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And so if you can really get new believers to be in the word consistently, pray without ceasing, 
be in Christian community with other believers, and not just on a Sunday morning, but actually have friends who are Christians that you go to each other's houses, you go for walks with, you go to the movies with, right? You're living life with them. That's really, really beneficial. Yeah, and those four things you just named, they may not be easy, but they are simple. It's just four simple simple things, but it does take discipline. It takes practice, and those things don't come overnight. Like I said, it takes discipline. And so if you guys have any additional questions, we'd love to hear them. So feel free to comment below if you're watching on YouTube or message us on Facebook or Instagram, or if you're listening to this on your podcast, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have these conversations with you. Yes. So now would you like to share with all of us what have you been learning lately, Pastor Sean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So one of the uh, probably a dozen podcasts that I listen to is called Think Biblically. And it's actually out of Biola University's uh, Talbot School of Theology, which is where I'm currently working on my master's degree uh, in Christian apologetics. And there was an episode that I was listening to this past week where Dr. Sean McDowell and Dr. Uh, Scott Ray were interviewing a lady by the name of uh, Dr. Jen Rossner on her book, Finding Messiah. And so long story short, she's got a wonderful testimony of how she came from a Jewish family. She worked all the way up into a PhD level of uh, looking at the Jewishness or the Jewish history and roots of Christianity. And it was just really insightful. And it was a lot of great conversation that they had. And it was a good reminder that Christianity is rooted in Judaism, and Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism, right? What does Jesus say? Matthew 5, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, I came to fulfill them. And so for a lot of Christians, sometimes the you know, the New Testament is worn out because they've been reading through it and going back and forth, and their Old Testament still has pages stuck together because they haven't cracked open, you know, the book of Haggai or Ruth or, or you know, the Proverbs or anything else within the first 39 books of our Bibles. And you have to remember that every word that God placed in Scripture, all 31,000 verses, God placed them there for a reason. Yes, even the, the seemingly boring genealogies, there's deep meaning within the genealogies, the, the list of names of, and the history of these people. So anyways, read the full Bible, right? Not just your New Testament. We love Jesus. We love the New Covenant. But it's rooted in the Old Covenant. And in order to really appreciate what Jesus did you have to have an understanding of the Old Covenant. Yeah, and um, so even that verse that you just quoted in Acts, when it says that the apostles devoted themselves to the reading of God's Word, the New Testament didn't exist yet. So God's Word, referring to the Old Testament, they devoted themselves to reading the Old Testament. Or when Paul, I think it's in 2 Timothy 2.15, says that all Scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable for reproof, correction, and instruction. Again, New Testament had not been compiled yet. And so he was referring to the Old Testament. And he's saying all of it, from Genesis 1 all the way to um, Malachi uh, chapter 3, I guess, right? Uh, He says all of that is profitable, and it's God-breathed. And so we need to devote ourselves not just to the New Testament, but also to the Old. So, And going back to Jesus, right, when he said to Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written, he was quoting the Old Testament. He quotes Deuteronomy 6, uh, talking about, or I'm sorry, within Deuteronomy about how man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, Jesus was referring to the Old Testament, even with the disciples, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke's gospel. We see that he was unpacking all of the prophets, all of the law, all of the Old Testament, how it all pointed to him being the fulfillment, the the 
prophesied Messiah. So anyways, there's value in the Old Testament. Go enjoy it. And you're not going to know it all. You're not going to understand all of the weird prophet talk. You're not going to understand everything. We even still have questions and we're all discovering and diving deeper together. But there's a lot of value there. Anyways, Caleb, what are you learning? Well, it's actually cool that what you were learning is kind of based on what I've been learning, just that you were referencing the Old Testament, and that's kind of what I was going to share today, because as far as in my reading outside of Scripture, right now I'm still in mere Christianity, so I'll let you guys know a little bit more when I finish the book. But um, a little while ago, I started off on this challenge, I guess you could say, to read through the Bible in 90 days. And so today, I just finished with Joshua, and so I want to read a little bit of that in a second, but what I'm noticing is when you read through the Bible that quickly, and you're reading through the Old Testament, and you just, it's, you know, you see all of the history, you see God just wielding his sovereignty all throughout history, from the beginning, all the, like, it's constantly God is in control of all the events that took place, and so it all, in my mind, I saw this morning, it kind of culminated in Joshua chapter 24, I just want to read this passage, where Joshua, it's the very last um, chapter of the book of Joshua, and it's titled, The Review of Israel's History. And he says this, um, Thus saith the Lord, Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. And now listen, he says, But I took your father Abraham from the region beyond the Euphrates River. I led him throughout the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave the hill country of Sire to Esau as a possession. Jacob and his sons, however, went down to Egypt. I sent Moses and Aaron, and I defeated Egypt by what I did within it. And afterward, I brought you out. The whole thing, he's constantly, I, I, I. And it's awesome to see after having read through the Old Testament pretty quickly and then coming to Joshua 24 and just seeing the culmination of God reminding them, I did all of that from the start to finish. That was all me. That wasn't you. It's been said that history can also be known as his story. Everything points to God. It's all about him. It's not about us. It's all about him. So that's kind of a little bit of what I've been learning. That was just, I had that moment this morning. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Again, there's value in the Old Testament. And so now moving into our praise reports, we just want to share with you guys some exciting things that God's been doing recently at Christ Community Church Brawley. And Caleb, what's God doing that you can see? Yeah, so um, over the last couple, or this last weekend, you know, it's been Halloween time, and so we had our harvest night both in El Centro and also in Brawley, and that was a major blessing just to be able to provide for the community an alternative to going out and trick-or-treating, but rather they could come and enjoy the um, festivities that we put on. Also, just a prayer request that I have, if you guys could be praying, is just as we move into the month of November, we're going to be starting up a couple of new ministries, such as an evangelism ministry at the Christ Community Church in Brawley, so please just keep that in prayer as well. Yeah, it's uh, really an evangelism discipleship and an in, in intensive yeah. diving deep into that. Yep, like it's a just one-on-one, very intimate, just training. It's an evangelism tra- training. Yes, and then being out in the field, actually uh, going week by week for a couple hours, going and having those just cold conversations yeah. about Jesus. Yeah, and for me, um, I've gone evangelizing at the mall before, but this will be my first time actually knocking on someone's door. So uh, a little bit more intimidating, I feel, but um, I believe it's going to be fruitful. And so. Pray Caleb doesn't get stabbed or shot. Yes. <laughs> or me. We're actually going to go together and uh, a few other people as well. And so, yeah, on the same lines, obviously we had 
at the time of this, uh, this is posted. We had our fall festival here at Christ Community Brawley. We encourage you to check out our social media as we're going to be posting or have already posted uh, videos and pictures and what God did there. And another thing is uh, last week or so, we had our quarterly community cleanup and we partnered with Brawley Police Department and um, and Gateway Church. Actually, John Grass was there, as, as many of you guys know him in the community. And something that was new was the probation department came out with some of the juvenile, uh, what would you say, students, individuals. <laughs> and, uh, and so probation came out with some of their people and helping do a graffiti abatement. But it was just really encouraging when we see these kinds of things because, you know, the Bible talks about dwelling in the land and uh, and making it prosper and how we're to be salt and light. And so, yes, we're to preach the gospel. Yes, we're to disciple people and what it means to follow Jesus. But part of following Jesus is also being a good citizen and partnering with other uh, like-minded people for the benefit, the overall well-being of the community. Now, obviously, the number one well-being of any individual is to receive Christ and salvation and to be forgiven of their sins. But there's also a lot of these practical things, you know, just showing, demonstrating God's love in a practical way can be really, really powerful. Um, But in addition to that, I had an unexpected counseling, an unplanned counseling session with somebody that I had never met before. And long story short, it resulted in the gospel being shared with that person in my office and them praying to receive Christ as they were in tears, realizing the brokenness of their sin. And so just all that to be said, I know that you and I, we've got our agendas, our to-do lists, right? We've all got things to do and we're all busy and we understand that. But every day, I would encourage you to pray this prayer in the morning before your day begins. Every day, just ask God to do whatever he wants to do. Just give him full access to your heart, your mind. I know that you've got your own agenda, your schedule, your work day, but ask God for those divine appointments. And maybe even a little bit further than that, ask God for divine appointments, but then also ask God for you to discern what is a distraction from the enemy. Because the enemy wants to distract you too, but also God wants to do something supernatural, something divine, something otherworldly, something that you were not expecting in your day to work above and beyond your expectations according to the power that works within you. And that's from Paul in the Ephesians. And so anyways, that was some praise reports from Awesome. Thank you for sharing. That was encouraging. Well, uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We encourage you, if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel or the podcast or following us on social media, we would love for you to do that. And so, Caleb, any parting words? Yes, just please share this video with your friends and those you think would enjoy it. And also make sure to subscribe to the channel and like this video. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you in the next video.